0: Welcome to Journey to the Centre of Food, a voyage of discovery for curious foodies everywhere. My name's Jay Taylor, I'll be your pilot today along with our foodie navigator James Winter. Hello. And on today's show we are delving into the very worst of the food world, gorging ourselves on the nastiest of processed foods to discover what is the worst food in the world. So grab your Pringles, donuts, and Lucky Charms as we take a journey to the centre of the unhealthiest foods. Hello, James. Good to see you. How are you, sir? I'm good. I'm good. Now, we we,
1: we ought to just talk to the listeners a little bit because we've been away, haven't we, for a few weeks. Let's be honest. Yes. We must say apologies
0: because we sort of went and came back and then went again. And that's not because we
1: don't like you out there. In fact, it's the opposite. We love you completely. But sometimes our lives get really complicated because, you know, I don't know how many podcasters make a living out of this, but we're not one of
0: them. And, you know, and, and real life sometimes sits on your shoulders like a big sack. Well said. It is, It is. you know, because we are, I mean, it means a huge amount to us that everyone listens, but also it, we try and be as diligent, well, we have been for a number of years, of uploading at the same time. And then we just happen to have hit a sort of minefield of all sorts of things kicking off. As I'm in my... In my world, I've got three series that I'm making at the same time for three different networks at mm. once in three different parts of Britain and the world and all three of them sort of caught fire at the same time, which just meant my world just went to, uh, topsy-turvy upside down. So um, that that is my excuse. I have and nothing I know- as
1: valid as that, <laughs> just, just, just busyness. And I think... I don't know what the rest of the people out there are, are experiencing, but, you know, this year has been a year of certainly in this country, the UK, if you're not listening here, maybe it's slightly different. But it does feel like suddenly the last two years have snapped back up behind us like a big rubber band. Um, and having done, you know, I think quite a lot over the last couple of years, you realize how little you've actually got done. And, and <laughs> suddenly there's a lot of people out there that had lots of great plans to do things, but suddenly want to get them done. And we want yes. to done na- now. <laughs> yes, and you've and forgotten, it, how, to and do you've do forgotten how to do it. And you've forgotten how to do it. And you've forgotten how to work hard and you don't want to go to the office anymore. You want to spend your time podcasting and looking out of the garden and spending time with your dog, you know, but you know, it's 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 just the way it is, isn't it? So, you know, we just kind of we, we, we found ourselves very time poor, didn't we?
0: Yes. And it's that strange period of like where you said, like, why don't my trousers not fit anymore? Oh yeah. <laughs> it's gonna have me to the office for, for months. I haven't and months. Worn them. <laughs> what are trousers? <laughs> Untrack it's comfortable, but we need them to be. Uh, and also obviously, you know, your the world your world, the restaurant world, has gone. Well it's, gone it's berserk woken again, up. Yeah, it? absolutely. Yeah. It's woken
1: up and, and then it settles in I and mean, then obviously having just survived the you know, the biggest sort of health economic crisis we've ever faced. We now just have a pure economic crisis on our hands, you know, fueled by the, you know, unholy mess of, of, of Russia's invasion of Ukraine, where the world's greatest fuel producer invades the world's largest food producer you know and that coupled with the just general economic conditions of the uk fueled by all god knows what brexit and all sorts of stuff that's been building for years we're left with a cost of living crisis so you know it's kind of which has spiraled into kind of you know just restaurant operation through the cost of ingredients the cost of operations the cost of lighting heating the places everything gets more and more complicated so you just have to put your you know, head down and just get on with the work and just, you know, get yourself we're back in sort of survival mode, but in a good way, because customers can come. So, you know, you've got to think that, you know, everything will, will work out if the product's good. So, you know, that's 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 where my head's been, you know, and obviously you've you know, you've got a whole load of, of, of stuff know that comes with that you know and, and just you know things are happening you know the world is opening up so in terms of media and communications generally we're able to travel and be visible and do global communications which is part of what I do and so you know the world is is now open for business again so yeah I mean it's just it's 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 gone crazy in a, in a good way but as I said before you kind of you can't quite remember what being crazy busy feels like so you'd end up feeling
0: quite dazed. So this is just a very very long Apology to well, us. Yes, it is. And yes, I don't it care. And a very They're going to skip excuse. over this. They tuned in for food content. <laughs> Not just you know, us they too haven't even whining. noticed we have been away, Jay. Let's be honest.
1: <laughs> they've been enjoying, I don't know, whatever
0: the other food podcasts are or, or other subjects. Maybe they've there drifted away from food. <laughs> hey, well, you know what brings them back? Barefaced bribery. Absolutely. And that. Now that is what's called a segue into a. I mean, the things are looking up. We got a sponsor. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, that's the down payment. We, sort of, we need a
1: bell for that. I mean, <laughs> ding ding. Yacht. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what's brought us back out of retirement, people. Let's be honest.
0: <laughs> the tens of pounds we're being paid, but the good news is, in fact, we're just going to we're going to pass this on. Mm. Um, I'm going to read this now. It's going to sound like it's coming to, from me. Hey, how would you like to try a case of exceptional wine for free? Yeah. No, I'm not, not, not you. No, you're not
1: asking me the question. No, I'm not.
0: <laughs> <about>. <laughs> well, of course you would. Everyone listening, not just James. Uh, That's exactly what the good people at Wines 52, Wine 52, are offering us right now. Usually £32, but because you listen to this show, because you've staggered away from the bar long enough to come to listen to the show, you can get it for free. All you have to do is go to www.wine52.com forward slash journey and cover the £5.95 postage and you'll receive three carefully selected wines from the Pelugia region of Italy, which sounds... Rather lovely right now. Uh, wine Fifty Two uh, is a wine discovery club that visits different wine regions every month, and their wine experts handpick three wines from the best independent wineries in the region to send to their members. Which is what's happening for me. Unfortunately, sorry, James, I'm getting the three wines sent to hey. me to try. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> well, they can't split the box. Do they not listen to the podcast. <laughs> And and I don't things, notice that the voices
1: sound different sometimes. And also that one of us knows a lot about wine and the other one is a Well complete one, one, yes, one of us is keen to go on a discovery tour from three uh, exclusively selected independent producers. The other one also, like, a, a, a copy
0: of Glug magazine and a snack, I believe. Very good. Yes, look at you. I think you that's well, impressive. Yeah. This is like we've rehearsed this. Uh, yes, exactly that. And you can also, as I'm sure you know, customize your case uh, by choosing from white, red, or a mixture of styles, which I presume means white or red. Or rosé. Rose. <laughs> <laughs> Could I? Yeah. But this maybe,
1: is not... maybe, yeah. I mean, and this is, you know, all in all honesty, it's it's for people that are interested in wine but never feel they kind of branch out from their, their normal choices. You know, this is a great way to uncover one or two varieties that you would never choose. You know, if you're going down the aisles of Tesco or wherever or, or other supermarkets, of course, or even a fancy wine shop in your town, you know, you you... You know, if you're not confident or unsure, you tend to gravitate to what you know. So, you know, what a great way to find something completely out of the box, literally. And also,
0: and also it gets posted to you, so it's a lovely little it's a lovely little present. Yeah, you don't have to move guilt-free. from the armchair, do you, Jay? Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. So if it arrives, it doesn't. It's not Sounds guilty. Good. You're not buying it for yourself. Uh, so all you have to do is go to wwwwine fifty two. That's the numbers fifty two. forward slash journey and claim your case today. Right, James. Talking about something entirely different mm. today, I thought to uh, celebrate our our return from our various different uh, angst ridden workloads, uh, we could just splurge on some really really awful food for ourselves uh, to try and delve into the the world of bad food. And I started mm. going down one of these little um, Google wormholes because I thought, I thought, I was like, what is the worst processed food? Uh, in the world and then i started looking into it and apparently for a start there's something worse than processed food which is ultra processed food have you heard mm. of ultra processed well food? i
1: have but i have to confess i'm not entirely sure how how you grade for, for the difference so hopefully you can explain that to start with because yes i have heard of it but when does it become ultra processed from just well, being processed
0: that's a very good question so um so unprocessed or minimally processed foods are they're defined by uh, having vitamins and nutrients that are still intact, so it's kind of in a sort of natural state. And I suppose I would, I would classify it by you know things that have grown or moved and not not really being changed in terms of what they look like. Uh, they may be minimally altered by removal of inedible parts or drying or crushing or things like that. Or cooking. Um,
1: what about cooking?
0: Well, I think I think this. Well, yeah, I think that would be fine because unprocessed or minimally processed foods include like carrots, apples, chicken, melon you know nuts etc so mm-hmm. you're not gonna be eating raw chickens yeah so i think most things you know you you'd recognize it sort of grew or lived in its in its state yeah then, then we have processing processed foods so that's processing something that's changed food from its natural state so that could be by adding salt oil sugar or other substances so canned fish canned vegetables fruits and syrup uh, freshly made breads for example um and most processed foods have two or three ingredients so that's sort of Processed foods, Mm. which sounds, they sound quite mild when you compare them to highly processed or ultra processed. So these are likely to have many ingredients added, such as sugar, salt, fat, artificial colors, and preservatives. Uh, And they're made mostly from substances. Extracted from foods, so not even foods such as fats, starches, sugars, and, and other hydro, hydrogen. I can't, how do you say that? Hydrogenated, hydrogenated, hydrogenated fat. Uh, plus they're going to have all sorts of stabilizers and things like that. So, um, I'm not going to give you the examples because we're going to come on to these in a minute, but <laughs> it is slightly worrying when you realize how much ultra processed foods we actually eat. Well, right? I'm guessing, really, now when you define it
1: like that, it's pretty much the bulk of what most people put in their shopping basket every week.
0: Yeah. You
1: know, you know, yes, we all go to the fruit and veg aisle, but really, you know, you know that that's, you know, your cursory dip in for one or two things, but really you're thinking, I haven't got time to cook all this stuff, so let's head straight to the the other sections. <laughs> Chicken the, nugget aisle. <laughs> well, whatever. Yeah, it could be the freezer section, but it could be anything, the pasta sauces or, you know, or, or, the, or the, you know, the, the ready-made pizzas or just things that save you time. And I guess that's what they're doing, but... They, processing they're saving you the effort of doing the processing of cooking and preparing food in your kitchen
0: and also when it comes we, we, we've discussed this before um with heston this idea of actually they're doing you the uh they're helping you eat them as well which sounds weird but they, they're sort of pre-digested that sounds an awful way of saying it but you know what i mean it's all they've already been broken down in a way that our stomach would naturally do it which would mean that our stomach would have to work harder and take longer to to process them they've already been pre and also, I, into guess, their yeah, yeah.
1: I mean it must be bereft of things like natural fibre, you know, um, just because that's dense sort would of be what's broken down in the processing. So that's what you're missing. And that and often that I guess would mean a lack of real satisfaction. So they bulk it out with things that make you feel good, like fat and sugar. When I say feel good, I mean immediately
0: not oh yeah uh, oh yeah they feel good they feel real good though i mean they're brilliant i've always wondered though within this and i haven't got the answer to this where pasta sits because by that definition pasta is a processed food maybe even maybe even ultra but probably just processed depending Mm -hmm. which one which one type you get but however, when you think of pasta, I tend to think of it as a, as a relatively healthy option, which could be very naive on my behalf. But I've always been curious where it sits on that sort of that scale of, of being good or bad for you, you know?
1: I've never thought of pasta as being a healthy option.
0: I'll Have be you honest.
1: not? No. For me, it depends on your... Also, you know, as you get older, you get a bit more aware of your, your gluten and wheat intake. But pasta for me is bulk. It's bulk. It's full, proper carbohydrate stuff, right? So it's just... And carbohydrate... I'm... Look... We're already at the very, very sort of edges of my technical food science knowledge, but carbohydrates just get broken down to sugar. So all you're doing is eating sugar, but in a form that takes a little bit more time and effort to, to turn it into sugar. I mean, that's what your body does. It turns everything into. It's looking for sugar, but you know, it's kind of in, in its carbohydrate form. I don't think it's particularly the, the you know the, the healthiest way to get it, and you get quite a lot of it. That's yeah. my view, and it's probably wrong. So, if we no, said something right. correct, I think, you know, let us know. But that's always been my view. And I, I don't, I've never eaten a lot of pasta for that very reason. I find it, it sends me to sleep, if I'm honest. I get
0: hungry again about an hour and a half, two hours later.
1: You but know, whether that's s- processed or non processed is a good question because, you know, you immediately think of, of anything with a process must mean it's unhealthy for you, which is, is a bit of a misnomer, isn't it? Because breads and cheeses are, have a process, but it's when they turn into this ultra-processing that, that you know where a lot of the, the actual food nutrition has been removed and replaced with sugar and fat um, and additives, you know, which replace the natural fibres and proteins that you would have got by doing less processing, I suppose is what we're talking about. So I, I don't, it doesn't feel like pasta fits in that bracket for me. Unless, of course, you just whop a load of uh, cheese and
0: tomato sauce all over it as well. Um, Should definitely do. I are mean, you <laughs> right, though? It is an idea, where, you know, with the first definition, which is this idea of the, the ultra processed has no food left in it, weirdly. It has bits that come from food, but there's no actual foods remaining in it. It's just sort of subtracted things and put them all back together again, like you said. Mm-hmm. And that, that is a, I mean, they are entirely sort of creative. And I guess foods.
1: the argument. From the from the biological point of view, is your body doesn't really know how to recognise these things. If it's getting a, a nutrient in the form of a, of a of an additive, say produced in a laboratory, does your body treat it any differently than if it was to extract it from a beautifully ripe tomato? You know, and, and I'm not sure that's the case. I think your body just takes things from where it, it gets them. Sometimes you know, so you know, from that's the reason that a lot of these foods are allowed to exist It's because they form a you know, perform a function which. Everyday foods do, but somehow, you know, these can be mass produced, you know, at a cost level that makes them currently more affordable, you know, because don't forget, apart from the pandemic and the, you know, and, and all this stuff, this cost of living crisis is, is, is accompanied by, a you know, an obesity crisis at the same time. So we're being pushed towards these foods because they're affordable in the current state, but also we're being told not to eat them because they make us fat. You know, and 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 you know, it's it's quite topical this because I know the government. I mean, it's was boring sort politics, but certainly the UK government is currently stalling on plans to to sort of ban advertising for certain foods to children. And there's those I have this stupid phrase bog off, which all these people like Jamie Oliver and Henry Dimbleby at the sort of food. Um, committee um keep using which obviously means buy one get one free which is this idea of you know you you know you're trying to incentivize these foods in packages and ways in supermarkets that that make them appealing right but it doesn't make them nutritionally good for you and and all the sort of you know the the, i suppose you know that kind of that world of the food you know voice is telling us not to buy this stuff but yet the economy is saying but you can't afford to buy the other stuff
0: Here's a question for you then, and this might get a load of sort of white jacketed men with burning torches and very sharp knives sort of herding outside my house shortly. But you know the rarefied air of the fine dining worlds? Now, I know that some of the great chefs that we've interviewed, their entire focus is simplicity of ingredient, real simple ingredients cooked really simply. However, there are some in the world of fine dining who actually add a great deal to the ingredients to change their taste and change enhance that yeah. what they are i wonder if you actually applied these rules to it do you think some of the, the the two and three michelin star worlds out there might be classified as ultra processed foods
1: yeah i guess i don't know what the what the definition of those things are obviously if it's as simple as a anything containing five or more ingredients it's a, I mean, I'm literally reading what is ultra-processed food on the BBC Food website, and it says a, a product containing more than five ingredients is likely to be ultra-processed, which, you know, for many people and restaurateurs, could be any one of their products, from the butter that they serve, when it's whipped with dates and various vinegar reductions and all this stuff, you know, or a sauce or an ice cream or a dessert and the whole, of course, you know, could be classified in that broad definition. Um You know, but obviously the difference is maybe
0: you're not adding additives to replace things, you know, or extra stuff, you know. So and you don't expect that to be healthy, right? If we're going to a nice French restaurant, I'm not going in there going, oh great, I'm going to lose some weight tonight. Have eating my own body weight in butter. No, and there has been pressure on restaurants and
1: restaurant you know uh, outlets and and hospitality venues to put calorific content on menus. Now the current legislation was changed recently for if your business has over 250 employees. You are now legally bound to put um, uh, the calorific content of each item on your menu next to the item, which no. you know is targeted at obviously multi-site venues. Let's call them, you know, you know, without naming them, but you can imagine what they are. They're everywhere. You drive through them, or you rush in and you grab something off a shelf and you go to a candy pack. Those kind of places. You are now, I think. As of when, I don't know when it kicks in the legislation, but you have to put the calorific content next to the food items so people know what calories they're ingesting. Now, obviously, you do not have to do that in a restaurant space for lots of reasons, mainly economic because, you know, it's a big gear shift. It's a lot of extra work. You've got to work out how many calories in your dish and you've got to keep reproducing menus, which, you know, is is an extra cost, which will be passed on to the consumer. So it makes it economically unviable to, to do it at that level. But also kind of, you're right, maybe... When you go out for your, to your local bistro run by your lovely local chef, you're not too
0: worried. It's a treat. Can you imagine if you had to read the calories next to that incredible well, it's, steak I mean, It's, it's, it's,
1: it's pure you know, objective is to make you stop in your tracks and go, oh, that's very unhealthy, isn't it? Um, but what it also does is it shows you that uh, your wonderful uh, vegetarian vegan options that you always think, oh, I feel good about that, choosing the vegan burger <laughs> at my local. You suddenly look at the calorific content of your vegan
0: burger and it's three times higher than your beef burger. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's one of the arguments I've had with people recently. It's like, I'm pretty sure corn isn't an animal. I know that's the point of no, it. It's a but a that's fungus. pretty pretty damn processed, isn't it? It's not uh, necessarily always a healthy Optional. well it's in some a fun cases case, you know so yeah. it's you know but it's it's
1: more some of these veggie burgers have got so many things in and they have to add Something to make them taste of anything. I mean, that's the thing. When you just blend up a load of vegetables and hold them together like a burger patty, it doesn't always taste of anything. So you have to add salt and you'll have to add fat and you'll probably have to add some sugar. And don't forget, vegetables and fruits have sugars in anyway. So there's sugar
0: in there. Well, they taste great as well. We went to the pub on the weekend and they said, to my wife's veggie, and she ordered the veggie burger. And they said, do you want bacon with that? And we both went, what? Absolutely, yes, please. Sorry, that's not the idea. Well, we said, what are you talking about? And she said, well... The lady serving us said, "Well, uh, lots of people order it who still who like meat and they like to have bacon on it. The reason they order it is because they prefer it to the beef burger, but they still want bacon on it. And mm. that makes sense because I like veggie stuff and I'm I'm not a veggie at all. But um, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? The two emerging now. I suppose. Well, like, yeah, yeah, I said, I would bacon. go to you know our chosen treat drive-through burger joint
1: um, and have the uh, plant-based burger sometimes." You know, just because I know it doesn't make me feel like I'm about to die about an hour later. <laughs> <laughs> and it, and I, But I know it's got slightly more calories, but it's covered in the same special sauce and it comes with all the other bits that the other burger does. So I don't feel like I'm missing out on the experience, but I do know that, you know... Um, it's no better for me nutritionally than, than the other. And I, you know, I like the flavor, is what I go, you know, I, but I don't always like the after effects of having that beef burger. So I can see why you might go for the veggie burger, but still think, you know what, I'm, I, I, I'm not vegetarian, so I'll have that little bit of bacon on it. And We've talked vegan, before so as well like, about geez,
0: the, the mental, you know, making yourself mentally happier about having something. And if you're eating something because you think it's healthier, then sometimes that is really healthy for you just because your your mind is in a better place, even though the calories are not you know going in there and and also we're we're talking about processed foods here there's absolutely no judgment here well there is but it's judging myself on these because the all these things on this list i most certainly have or have had at one point and i think there's very much a place for them in my life uh just in the right in the right ways i think and i think it's the same for everybody and if we're talking like we said you know there's a place for going out to your incredible local bistro and having that food as well but you wouldn't do that every single night or if you did you wouldn't you know you'd be like that guy out of Monty Python well so. that's it isn't it you've got to release
1: yourselves from the judgmental world of, of everything to be honest but food is I mean it's so complex our relationship with it is so complex because you know we have to do it every day so we have to confront this this issue but also it you know it affects the way we feel about ourselves and our, our personal body images and our relationships with other people and you know the way we look at the world I did mean, everything is so wound up in this very complex relationship but you know if you if you obsess about it and get anxious about it or you allow yourself to then then it can become a real you know controlling force in your life which we know can be very very damaging for people that that have dysfunctional relationships with food and it's very hard to break that cycle you know And, and people are trying to understand where they begin and it might not be even to do with food but food becomes the medium in which you express your 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 anxiety or your your sort of dysfunctional you know um, feelings about yourself and and everything else. So you know it's it's bound up in that too. And if you get hooked on, you know, treating yourself with these things, then you know you can end up, let's say, with a larger trouser size. You know, and, and that becomes a it becomes a kind of downward spiral of how you feel about yourself. You know, and all that kind of stuff. And it's very it's so complex. You Although know, we can heartily recommend tracksuit bottoms to solve yeah, most of absolutely. those absolutely <laughs> yeah, any kind of drawstring um will always solve most problems around the food world um, and bacon <laughs> yes but kind of you know i often just get you know when you read about sort of don't eat this do it that here's some new guidance about ultra processed food or or these meal deals or or campaigning to to for that child obesity and everything it's, you get so much Food advice, you know, for a subject that is not taught about at school, that is now often completely ignored as being of any value to, to, to us as a life skill. You know, we're suddenly confronted with all this data and research into our relationship with it that leaves you just completely baffled. Um, and and for me, it stems back to that clear point which we have talked about many times is that you know we need to be teaching young people and adults when you know when in you know now if you don't have it to to how to to work with food, you know understand what is good food you know for you as in you know what what you like but also how to nutritionally give your body the things that it needs and give you the skills in which to prepare something with it you know in a fun way that doesn't feel like a chore the whole time you know and you know to see it being removed from the curriculums of pretty much every school in Britain I just think we're just and then expecting the nation to understand you know why a meal deal isn't the best thing we've ever seen you know if they can get three food items for five pounds they don't really care what it is they're just thinking and, and to, un, to not think that they would question the nutritional value of that having not taught them a single thing about nutrition you know for their entire education is just ridiculous you know the amount of money we must waste you know in the NHS and on legislation just trying to control something that can easily be supported at an earlier level in the education system I don't know it just it just seems obvious I used to, to love me.
0: HE at school I used to love it there was something about the lesson that just made me I, I, I did it all the way through school I thought it was the most fantastic lesson because it it brought together all the different things I like there was design there was creativity there was practical skills mm. it was, no it me was too brilliant. that's why you know we have a
1: podcast around food because obviously we were drawn to that but for a lot of people it's taught to them like it's a you know, I mean, it's just meaningless. You know, they're taught how to make a Victoria sponge cake, you know, and this mm. stuff. And you're just, it's, it, it should be so much more exciting and fun. You know, we always talk about that, you know, when we used to talk to Heston about it, that idea of being creative and imaginative around everything you do. But in food, you know, it's a rabbit hole, you know, a, a wonderland it was for him, but for other people too. You know, it kind of, the kitchen is a, is a chemistry lab. You know, and, and, you know, as a kid, you used to throw in the chemistry lab a kind of baffling, marvellous place you know, you'd know, you ever been into where you bubble things up and things would go pop and bang and give off smells and then turn into something else. So that's what you do in the kitchen when you cook. You know, so it should be just as exciting. And that whole idea that there should be rules around it is nonsense. You should just be able to do what the hell you want and discover for yourself whether it's good or not, you know, um, and just be sent, you know, whatever, you know, you're just not given
0: that. Talk about which a trifle. I mean, look, a trifle for the Queen. I mean, I'm a trifle lover. I love a trifle. But I saw, I was like, really? That's it? Is it? Mm. That's not going to cut the mustard alongside coronation (laughs) chicken. Well, well, I mean,
1: this is. I I think I heard. um, who it? William Sitwell, he's always very outspoken on these issues, um, talking about it. And he, his sentiments were very much for same, it's like, what? I mean, it's a it's a trifle. I mean, you know and you know, he he was very sceptical about its longevity and obviously we won't know the success of this particular dish for another fifty years when we're making what's it called? It's called platinum trifle, is it? You know? It's like an and orange trifle. You know, and to your point about ultra processed food, we've created a dish. I mean, I know coronation chicken isn't the healthiest thing in the world, it's but it so doesn't bad. feel like a blooming <laughs> ball of cream, does it? With sponge cake in, it's you so know. bad. I, mean, I well, like to put crisps chicken. on top and served it <laughs> with an awesome.
0: ultra large Coke, crisp sandwich for the Queen. Now that would be in tune. That would be amazing. Salt vinegar crisp sandwich. Also, she's ninety seven, right? <laughs> Go, oh, mom. Here, have this
1: really delicate trifle. Good for you know for your delicate elderly. Don't finish her system. off. Here, well. have this. She'll just go. She'll go. Mm. Is that Swiss like, roll in that? Oh no! Also, mom. it was flavoured with what was it? It was like was it what was it like tangerine or something? Yeah, what, yeah, yeah. It was or something. Really... Oh no, it was um, passion fruit. I mean, that well-known British fruit. <laughs> You know, I mean this is to celebrate the Queen's Jubilee. You to know, be fair, so I don't think we of, grow tangerines here either. Or well, anything. I mean what I mean, it didn't even have raspberries in. You know, I mean at least they're pretty. or strawberries. You know, but then that's too boring. So we've had to I mean but not have
0: bananas either.
1: I love a banana in oh, And apparently it was based on some of the things that she likes. <laughs>
0: what was it? Because I mean, it
1: was for her. I'm sure I read that. If I've again, apologies to the PR company behind the whole thing. I'm a uh, programme makers of the Mary Berry competition if that wasn't the brief but I'm sure I read somewhere that they they tapped into the queen's personal
0: tastes to develop this trifle so it's it's just for her my 9 year old who loves cooking was really into it and he was asking the following morning he's like oh, who won who won my wife went trifle he went really what were the other <laughs> options then I can't remember actually there was cakes so there was some splendid looking cakes i need to find out what the exact what would they be called the short list of Short list of queens. What cakes, was he called?
1: Right? Yeah, we'll have to Google that. And there's a, there's a really lovely quote by the um, fantastic. I think he's. One day we'll do a podcast on him, but I can never pronounce his name, which is probably why I avoid saying. But Briat Savaran. Um who was is always acknowledged as the first gourmand, you know the very first foodie he wrote the very famous book like taste and and an anatomy of taste it's called in French mm, uh, yeah, where he discusses the whole relationship with with good taste and what taste is and how food should be eaten and discussed and everything and he makes this one analogy, which is you know the creation of a new dish is something I can't remember exactly but it's it's more exciting and more important to the world of humanity than the discovery of a new star is his point, you know and and how incredibly rare it is for us to find a new combination of ingredients put together and cooked in a way we've never had before yeah you know it's so unusual and uh, so it's it doesn't surprise me that we've landed with a trifle because (laughs) what are you gonna make And everyone started
0: putting dishes together i'm going that sounds horrendous you know what has smashed it vionetta Put a Vienna well, out there, but don't call it a If they'd violetta. have presented
1: it in a, in a more interesting way and just let's just plomp it all together in a bowl.
0: <laughs> you know, I
1: mean, that's, I mean, it's, I mean, no, no, we're, we're disparaging this, this woman's work and, and she did spend a lot of time developing it, but you know. It's yeah, imagine
0: of, what we'd have produced. I mean, that would have been, I, well, I maybe mean, like we'll have a go. We'll have a go this weekend, shall we? We'll try and create our, our, our version of that. Our using, Jubilee dish. Yeah, it might involve one or of those, um, you know, the the squirty creams. That's got to be an nice If you want, point. yeah, I
1: can have that. I mean, that's you're, you're already in trifle territory. Yeah, I know,
0: I can't help it. I just sort of get dragged back towards
1: the... Why does uh, it have to be creamy pudding dessert? Why can't... Uh, Coronation chicken, you see, you know, it that was the dessert. ideal... I mean, it was created for a purpose, for a banquet, right? So it was for, for eating it amongst large numbers of people,
0: you know, sat around a table sharing a food experience, for trifle. So what's the purpose <laughs> then? So if you've got to think about it, if it's for her now then, it's got to be what kind of pudding would a 95-year-old woman like to have with her mates? And you're sort of thinking, well, it's going to be a scone, right? It's got to be some kind of scone. Yeah, I mean, it could have done a really interesting you know, scone,
1: you know, because obviously the, the coronation chicken came out of I can only assume that kind of relationship with India and in the, the old days of, of uh, colonial you know, stuff. So there's lots of interesting ways to tie up the story of, of the Queen's reign and what you know places have come and gone and grown and been of interest you know to her and 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 the nation because she is you know you know she's been the monarch for for this period of time she's been alive for longer so if we're going to build something. It's for her, then, then it's something else, from my view. It was tied to her uh, jubilee.
0: But, you know, it's kind of... There were lots of stories Well Here's the, here's the five. Here's the five that were in yeah. the final. We had the one that won, which was the Lemon, Swiss Roll and Amaretto trifle. It's which, Amaretto. I mean, again. I mean, that's... Yeah, sorry. I mean, it, was, it does look bloody good. Now I'm looking at it, I'm thinking, you it's know Amaretto? what? It's Amaretto. It looks really nice. And I then mean, there was... There was, uh, there was passion fruit... I mean, to and- be fair, that's just
1: tiramisu, isn't it? She's taken tiramisu. <laughs> I mean, but, oh, well, technically, you would have coffee liqueur sometimes, but, but Gino De Campo does one with amaretto, which... You're going to uh, write a letter makes. now, aren't you? You're going to write a letter.
0: Why, oh, why? Oh, dear mum. <laughs> uh, there was the passion fruit f- passion fruit and thyme frangipi- Frangipan. tart? frangipani tart. Frangipane. Frangipani. That's, that's almond... Mar- that's not
1: marzipan. Uh, there was a jubilee bunt cake. Oh, that. Oh, okay. Bunt cakes. Are they... Yeah, is the a round bunt funny cake. That very American it's like a round one, aren't they? I think, I think they're probably going to be German by design. But she, yeah, uh, we yes, had yes, a rose faluda
0: cake. Rose faluda cake, which sounds uh... alluding to her German heritage, perhaps. I think the faluda cake I read was from an Indian inspiration. Mm. I believe I could be making this up completely. And then we had a four nations pudding here. Uh, oh, that which, sounds which interesting. Is, it looks like a meringue with loads of nice fruit in it. No, I see. But I'm not. I'm not. They're all cakes, then, actual... are they? There wasn't anything. Well, they were puddings, all... weren't
1: they? Oh, of course, it's platinum pudding. Oh God! Well, pudding yeah, doesn't it's... have to be
0: sweet. She wouldn't call it
1: a pudding, though, would she? She would. What um... steamed pudding?
0: steak kidney pudding? No, she. Oh, yeah. So there you go. The um, the faluda cake originates from the streets of Mumbai to reflect the Commonwealth and how Britain's become a. Uh... That sounds nice. Is that is that savoury? That's no. It's still a. Put... It's no. It's still a pudding. Mm. Uh, where is the... I need to find the recipe. There was recipes around this. We'll come back to this. We'll find the recipes and actually come back and do this properly yeah, rather than trying. But to figure let's it not, out as, de- we go. Yeah,
1: as I said, let's not denigrate the great work of, of Gemma. Uh, yes, I can't and her actually trifle. find out what her surname is. If I haven't bothered to. She <laughs> just to
0: looking She's looking around the website. Gemma. Gemma,
1: Gemma's lemon Swiss roll and amaretto trifle. Gemma is a copywriter from Southport. Gemma started baking. Well, what's her surname? Oh, here's just the recipe. Rest- no,
0: they have the recipes. Oh, it's all on mm. Fortnum. It's all on Fortnum's. You see. Of course um, it is. It's it's not a commercial entity whatsoever, is it? Okay, so I'm oh, looking. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm looking at the. um So what's in the? I'm looking at this faluda cake because it sounds amazing. I'm just sugar, the tamar, it's flour, flour looks These days, da, da, well done. Da, Mascarpone, rose syrup, vermicelli noodles, rose syrup. We just need to try them. I think we need to go to Fortnum's. With a shopping bag, give it a go. They wouldn't let us in, Jay. Let's be honest. They rarely do. I think I've been barred before. Anyway, look, right, come on. We're We've supposed to be doing subject. this. Yes, we're well, spo- you're well, I mean, supposed suppose to be. So your guessing.
1: Point, but I suppose your point is, is that an ultra-processed food as well? <laughs> the Queen's pudding. is actually an, ultra-pro- an ultra-processed food.
0: Absolutely. And I, I mean, think it's got geez. more than five ingredients and, and and it is packed with fat and sugar. <laughs> but in a good way. Now I in front of me here, I have eight. Now, this is this is extensively researched. So what do I guess? on here? Google? So you're trying to guess the top eight worst ultra-processed foods. They're in they're in categories. So for example, it's not there, but chocolate bars would be one of one of these these categories. Okay. And I don't okay. quite know why that's not there. So I think already I'm starting to see faults in this list. But I, we'll go through it and see if you can see if you can even get any one. So do you want to do you want to have a shot at, at, at something, some area that you think would be on this list of top eight worst foods? Um,
1: gosh, this is harder than I expected when you, you mooted this because I'm trying to think when you say categories, I was just thinking of certain things, obviously, like fast food, like burgers, you know, those kind of things. But you're not, you're talking about something else, aren't well,
0: you? Well, no, no, okay, so no, processed meats is yeah, one, okay. so that's okay. number six. Um, and uh, oh god, I mean, this is, to all our listeners, just ignore this and enjoy it. Um, In 2010, uh, Harvard School of Public Health found that consuming processed deli meat, so sausage, bacon, etc., increased Uh, the risk of heart disease by 42%. How much were they eating? No, a single slice of ham can contain uh, 480 milligrams of sodium. I have no idea if that's a lot of sodium. It could be a tiny amount. I don't know what we need.
1: It depends how much we need on a daily basis. If you're trying to power your house with light, that's not enough (laughs) sodium.
0: (laughs) So, so that's 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 on there. I'm going to cross these out. That's on there, number six. Okay. Uh, what what well, else? Fizzy drinks. Yes, very good. So, high calorie sodas at number five. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all know that's awful. Uh, so we're not going to bother going on about that. But no. yes, it, although there are some sneaky ones coming into that now, isn't there? Because these, um, there's this strange American thing called uh, hard seltzer, which is just fizzy water, right? Yeah. Hard seltzer, they call uh, it. Oh, yeah, i
1: just think of Alka Seltzer when you said that. Um, it, it sounds it must, it, does it mean just fizzy? I th- UK's best hard seltzer. So there are it must be a yeah, right, it must be a category. Um
0: because you, you get um I bet they're not good because I bet they add stuff as well, because you tend to think there's sort of not all fizzy drinks aren't born equal because some of them are quite nice. You know. But also
1: they must replace some of the some of them have low sugar. Or certainly, but they add sweeteners.
0: That's really so that bad. Is, I was reading up on that Coke Zero, and that's really bad because they're just trying to substitute, as we said, take out anything of any actual sort of origination in terms of nature and replacing it with chemicals. And it's just, well, the sweetener comes from
1: from yeah, must come out of nature, in the they're always looking for sweet things in nature. You know, you have all those... I think it's long
0: removed from nature. I think it's... Yeah, yeah. I
1: mean, well, it's a bit like... Let's be honest, it's like making cocaine, right? Yeah. (laughs) Uh (laughs) You're extracting the one chemical in this plant that has some element of sweetness on the palate and you're whatever you're doing in your laboratory, you're pounding it up and extracting this this, this thing which you'll then turn into a white powder which you'll then dissolve into the drink which will add sweetness but without adding sugar because it won't come from sugar because not everything... You know, but really sweet is made of sugar. There are other things that have a sweetness to them. It's um, good advert that
0: you got two of the eight. Come on, give me another one. Uh, breakfast cereal's got to be. I oh, mean, I'm thinking, ding, 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 ding. Yeah, uh, number thinking, one. I'm just prize. thinking about. I'm,
1: I'm now I've worked this out. I'm just thinking about what my son eats. <laughs> and so we have a twelve stack of uh, soda cans uh, in the kitchen now, which appeared from somewhere I don't know where. But like oh, a twelve box. You know, brain, uh, yeah, they are the number one. And also the, the cereal cupboard. No one else eats cereal apart from him. And we used to try and buy the healthy ones, but they'd sit there for months and months. And now occasionally we just buy a
0: box of Lucky Charms or ask did- him what he wants. And it's always Moon Rock made <laughs> with chocolate. Yep. I used to, yeah, when I was a kid, I did used to like the... I found that mega, mega sugary ones are a real problem. But there again, as we discovered before when we did our, uh, did our cereals thing, things like yeah. Special K, which present themselves as supposed to be healthy, are really bad for you. Like, so much sugar in it. But I'm a Weetabix man now, which I think is on that line of bet. Well, especially right. if you follow
1: always the recipe serving suggestion on the side. Do they still do that? What, the weed it things? Would be, they say like it would have cheese
0: it. and tomato <laughs> on As a kid, you're looking at that going, what? That's I mean, the that's- same now, as the- that's like the Stella. You know, Stella has always continually, since I was a child, advertised itself as being like the exclusive beer for the wealthy. And and it's always felt massively ironic because no one pays mm. any attention to that, obviously. And it's just the sort of drink that you have, you know, in the pub when, before you go to the football. um And then it's the same as this. It just feels like that Weetabix, f- as long as I can remember, have shown pictures of you could also have it with a slice of ham. Or what about some blueberries? It's Absolutely. Like, no, we just got a it with milk. Like, everyone's always done and no one's going to stop in fact all our (laughs) listeners out there if anyone there eats a Weetabix and goes oh I love a Weetabix but I tell you what I'm going to put on it I'm going to put half an apricot and maybe some peas I would love to know about this if someone out there does it like that and also if anyone
1: ever follows apart from if you're buying a cooking sauce or whatever the serving suggestion on a food product (laughs) you know we always have something we should do well how about this do it like this I mean, you always look at it and think, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing what I wanted to do it in the first place, thanks. That's why <laughs> I bought it. But, you know, they always used to have this little suggested way of eating this product. And, you know, I've never, I've often thought I would, you know, a bit like someone cooked every recipe in Julia Child's, you know, sort of glorious French cookbook from whatever it was, 1960-something. I thought maybe I should just do it, you know, do it,
0: start a blog, or I just do serving suggestions. That's a good like, idea, That's a good idea. actually. try Because also, does anyone out there have bought a box of wheat and gone, Oh, what do I do with these then? Yeah. What, what's the best way to eat this? Yeah. Well, oh I, God. Know, if only someone had written something on the I box. don't like
1: breakfast cereal, but I've bought these. <laughs> and I've got know. some blueberries and ham. Hey, you know. Problem solved. Just, I bet it'd be quite nice a bit of cheese on. I can see that. I imagine it'd be a bit crumbly. You bit, know, bit but a bit of squirty, tomato. Green. squirty yeah, green. Well, you can have that, you know. Give yeah. it to the Queen. Yeah. Um, all right. So thinking, you, okay, thinking you've of when I prize. Fo- you, yeah, you, you, when you were talking about football matches and what you're eating now, I'm thinking some kind of pre-made pie pastry that kind of something wrapped in pastry with some kind of terrible filling inside i don't know if that would be something
0: now that's interesting because that's not on here but mm. it, it i'm sure it is the thing that's at number eight which i think i'm going to categorize in the same territory is uh frozen chips which i would never hey. have imagined being what have they added that bad uh it's back to the sodium again uh, oh, salt then. Tons salt. and tons and tons, and along That's with um, nearly two hundred calories for uh, a three-ounce serving, because they got like well, they grams must fry them. Do they? You know, I like, do understand vats that. of
1: fat and then and salt them for to, to for flavour, but also preservative. I mean, you've got to preserve stuff. I mean, sugar and salt, preservative. So if you want, you know, part of I suppose surely the kind of evolution of ultra-processed food is to make foods that should naturally disappear. Into thin air through, you know, degradation lasts forever. You know, in in your fridge or in your cupboard, you know, while you've bought them because they know people buy foods and
0: just don't eat them. And also so, this idea of stopping because I was just trying to think it through. Thinking, okay, how the hell do you make a frozen chip? So you would you would get potatoes, obviously, cut them up into chip shapes, but then you need to partially cook them, right? Yes, absolutely. and then stop somehow stop the cooking process with, in a way. With cold, that... With coldness. Well this is a triple cooked chip. This yeah, but you is, stop I mean, it with coldness, but how do you stop it going soggy? Well you freeze it. Okay, you know? and then but then can you but when it's from frozen then, when you pick up you've on the you've got to process remember again, your, your freezer is a very, very dry environment in a, you
1: know, all the water in there is in, in solid form. So there's no moisture in the air. And so things stay dry in a, in a, you know, they're frozen solid. But so if you, you freeze something, to, you take the moisture. The moisture is, is sort of sucked out of it slightly, though, isn't it? Well, you cooked it first, so you've driven out a lot of the moisture. The cooking of a potato is a, is a fight against moisture. You know, you're trying to remove the water while leaving the 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 dry matter intact. You know, in a certain way. And that's that's you know, if you think of our, our, I think we did a whole podcast on the on the triple cooked chip. But the journey that Heston was on there was literally trying to remove every ounce of water from his chip without. Basically, overcooking the, the dry matter mm. so that you're left with something black and unpleasant. So you're you're trying to drive the water out in stages, you know, and you've got to do that by blasting it with heat, then bringing it right down to a temperature really quickly. Cool, you know, put it in your freezer to get you know to bring the temperature down to stop the cooking. I mean, if cooking them again, so you're driving more water out very very quickly bring them down to a temperature again, and then you, you finally cook what's left of the dry matter. So where's the fat then? driven off the water. So these are fried be, they then? They must cook them in oil, yeah. They ah, must fry them in oil. So it's so got that fried.
0: in it, So because then the fat won't freeze and disappear as quickly as the, you want that well, to be It'll be, be absorbed there. into the potato.
1: So I can imagine this production line where the chips are robotically cut into identical shapes, you know, in some way or other. Then they'll be dropped into something, probably fat, uh, and cooked at one temperature. Then they'll be taken out, you know run through some kind of you know cooling mechanism or maybe not or in this case probably then dropped into a temperature at a higher level and then they're stuffed in a blast freezer
0: mm,
1: it sounded good up to that point i was quite into the dropped
0: into the hot fat that well great. that's how
1: you cut i mean obviously you don't need to then fry them although they are very if you get a bag of frozen chips and deep fry them they chips <laughs> I've
0: mean, never thought about that. That'd be quite nice. Yeah. <laughs> whereas, whereas you put
1: them in the oven pretty much to, to dethrost them, and you know, you have to have the temperature at the right too. so it, it it you know whatever that is that happens to the starch in the in the in the potato or the edges turns goes through a test of say the glass transition phase is what you're after. But effectively the starch will change its its nature in some way to give you a bit of crunch. You know, that's what that's what the, the oven part of the, the oven chip, but if you just drop them in fat you'll do it in a different
0: way faster i think we're giving we're giving serving suggestions now aren't we and- well i think that's how <laughs>
1: you go to i mean that's how all these fast food chip
0: places that's What we do well, that's exactly actually fat. that is the point that they're frozen at the back we drop them straight in the fryer um, okay, you got four to go. You got four to go. We're running out of time. So, oh god, right. Um, on, um, so. Well,
1: we've had we've had fizzy drinks, we've had breakfast cereal, we've had um, processed meat. Yeah, we've um, had that. I'm guessing you know those kind of prepackaged meals are they, You know, the kind of ready meal type vibe. Are they? I mean, they're think, not
0: really they're, in there because they're more. Right. That could be anything, isn't it? It's more um, specific than that.
1: I mean, we. I, I mean, the cakes count as a separate entity you know things sort of buns and cakes and sweetie things treats I mean, like interestingly
0: that. they haven't made it onto the list but margarine has at number four uh, um okay. which well, is made of plastic isn't it yeah i mean uh some of them don't contain two and a half well. grams of fat I've,
1: in my head i associate it as a byproduct of the space race <laughs> so I'm sure cool. they <laughs> discovered it because they covered something in, in one of the space rockets in it and thought Ooh, okay
0: that spreads like butter why don't we eat it <laughs> If that was it, I would not stop eating it because that's brilliant. <laughs> as I just lick it off a spaceship and go, you know what? <laughs> that's great. And up, that's brilliant. But I, I can see that. The in way 60s that the, as well. the, the fat and the, whatever
1: they the oil, whatever they blend in that way, bonds, it makes it very hard to digest, I think, doesn't it? You know? Yeah,
0: you have to avoid the hydrogenated oil on the ingredients label to get the one that isn't. Truly yeah. awful. Uh, Which is to do with carbon molecule change, isn't it? And the number
1: of hydrogen atoms attached to them means that they can't break apart so easily. That's, again, it's probably factually
0: r- complete rubbish. So but you've do actually done details. chemistry and my communications degree won't Well, count, a long, long so time ago. But H- I just H- think H- it's
1: saturation is all to do with the number of free um, bonds available on a carbon molecule. So when something is saturated, it means all its carbon bonds are being used by other things. It's formed a little handshake with, with whatever, whether it be Oof. a hydroxyl molecule or a hydrogen molecule or oxygen molecule. When it's unsaturated, it's got some free space. So it forms a little double bond with itself, you know, to free you know, And that, that then is breakable
0: um, to form a bond with something else if you, if you do some chemistry with it. We get some brilliant correction emails coming in sometimes from actual scientists. I love them. I'm expecting them to get one tomorrow oh, about this it'd be great and like talk about covalent double fine. covalent bonding <laughs> again. Oh, let's do a whole, uh, and then we could go on to van der vaal's forces the three know. listeners are we long gone <laughs> right so you've got uh number oh, God, seven yeah. number two and number three so I'll, I'll i'll um yeah help me out a little bit i mean okay yeah, so i'll mean... give you i'll give you a, a clue at uh, number two is uh well it's another type of drink Oh, and it's got it's, to
1: be monster monster things, isn't it? No, Red Bull.
0: it's actually the uh, well, um, no, sorry, maybe it is actually. It's called sugary coffee drink. So I was thinking oh. it was the um, whipped cream Starbucks carry on. But Red Bull is a is a caffeinated yeah drink, it's a coffee it? drink. Yeah, it must be those, isn't it? No, it's a, yeah. So it says a a twenty ounce coffee drink from one major train had almost six hundred calories and fifteen grams of fat. Not just Red Bull, obviously. They're probably very to just their other. Caffeine I think drinks. these are the big, you know, when people go and get a coffee, which is not a coffee; it's a milkshake, basically.
1: No, I honestly, I think these are energy drinks. The energy in these energy drinks usually comes from caffeine. Ah,
0: okay, and they're giant as well. Okay, so that can be now. I that's, that's, mean, that's really e- bad. That's number two. That's after cereals. Uh, number seven. I don't believe this is ice cream. That's disgraceful. Ice cream is basically healthy. I won't hear any word anywhere right. way for it, but it's. Um, mm-hmm. But the, the the one that comes in at, at, at number three. The last one you've got to get is um, what I would think of as 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 healthy, warming winter fare, and quite old-fashioned. And I would never have considered it to be. Sounds like my mother. <laughs> it's your mum. It's 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 Granny Winter. It's actually the most <laughs> processed food of the lot. <laughs> She's really high in sodium. Um... <laughs> Uh, yes can you think what it is um, it's in it well, comes in say, a can
1: when you say well now yeah now when you say winter warming comes in a
0: can i mean it can only be soup right yes i did i did rather give that one yeah. away but i found this one really surprising because canned soup uh, again very high in sodium uh one uh i've obviously mm. there's different brands do different things but one cup of one brand of the soup contains 760 milligrams of sodium um and if you have a can, which obviously I do, I don't have half a can. You can get up to two thousand uh, milligrams in one go, and the deck. Oh, there we go. The daily recommended limit is uh, two thousand three hundred or one thousand five hundred if you're fifty-one or older. Or, or a, older. Or what grams of sodium? Of, yes, of sodium. What a so day! You yeah, da- fifteen hundred grams the of sodium a
1: day. That's one point five kilos. No, milligrams. Oh, milligrams. Or fine. grams. <laughs> that's still... That's, well, that's what I thought you said. No,
0: milligrams. <laughs> I think I'm clearly not getting enough sodium. <laughs> so, yeah, I, that, soup's in at number three. And, I, I, and as I said, the, this list is, in, is probably entirely wrong. But and I,
1: some, don't, that category must be quite broad. So you must be thinking of a lot of packet soups and some of the dried soups in there as well, are they? Because they must have things added.
0: Yeah, I suppose they all do. And
1: anything that's going to sit in a can... It's going to have some level of preservative. I know the canning process is preservation in itself, but it will also have things because obviously, when you cook things in a can, you know, it denatures them to a way that they often, if you, so if you cook peas in a can, they're not green when you open them. Yeah. Whereas a can of tin peas is vibrant green, so that comes from somewhere else, right? So you know they add things to preserve the natural form of this stuff. Well, I think Even how thirsty because... you are when you finish a can of soup.
0: Normally, you know, and that doesn't make sense. Why am I so thirsty? I've had yeah. all this not moisture. A big soup but... eater, oh, I'm going to have a can of soup tonight. I really feel. Are like... you? Yeah. Well, it's a bit cold out. What here. flavor? Is it cold? What do Tama- you mean? It's 24 degrees. Yeah, I got this cold. have Oh, you got. You've got a cold, I've it? got a cold. Well, of yeah. course,
1: when you're ill, the only thing you can have is tomato yeah. soup yeah it's
0: got to be Heinz tomato soup so that's got yeah it's a little a bit, bit of white bread and butter on the side yeah exactly now I'm getting hungry um, so there you go well done The family fortunes of awful foods uh, well now we know was... what to hopefully eat
1: slightly less of doesn't mean we're not saying you know, well our we challenge is to put of... all those
0: into a pudding for the queen if we well they have haven't they <laughs> I, mean, I mean essentially Frangelino you've got cake, <laughs> you've got trifle. whipped cream
1: <laughs> I mean I imagine there's a bit of margarine in the sponge <laughs> You yeah, know. there's some lucky charms in there. There's Jam must bit. be somewhere <laughs> on the lower levels of the ultra processed food. I mean, that's, she's clearly just gone down the ultra processed list. Gemma. Ja- jack her up on a Red Bull. I think like, that'll get and her going. Do go, you go. know what? There's no
0: alcohol in this list. I'm going to add some. <laughs> she must be so bored of all the endless parades and stuff. She's just sitting there with a ca- one of those massive cans of Monster hidden underneath her, her, her petticoats, just swigging on that yeah. keep her going. Hell yeah! That's what I'd, I'd do, like anyway. to think so. Uh, anyway, James, this has been our so this has been our binge eating. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm probably our most litigious uh, podcast so far. <laughs> Luckily, yeah. Exactly, exactly. There's all the future sponsors out the window. Um, mm. so Although, I'll, yes, I'll yeah, cancel we the, have canceled let, the yacht. Let's celebrate
1: once again we have a sponsor that has failed to recognize that there are two presenters of this podcast.
0: <laughs> no, I think they just realized that one of us would appreciate the wine more and no, sent they, it to they, the they other they, one. They, they, they. <laughs> <laughs> or,
1: and one didn't flag up the existence of a second one yes. when the box of wine was offered.
0: Yes, one of, one of or us maybe provided they did our send, address. You <laughs> said they sent two bottles of wine. Uh, no, three bottles of wine, which again can't be divided. Not equally, anyway, and I don't. I don't want to, you know, try and decide what you'd like. So I thought, for the sake of your, I'll have them all. Happiness, I'll drink them all, <laughs> and I'll report back what they taste like. <laughs> and on that note, I'm going to go and have a bottle of red wine and some soup. Uh, James, thank you ever so much. That was a joy. Pleasure. Lovely to be back in the saddle and doing this again. Uh, I will speak to you next week. Love to.